Hi, this is your host, Suno Ronald. Join me as we get to unlock and expose what you need to know in order to have a great brand on the web. This is the Powerful Assistant Podcast where you get to have insights about digital marketing from the players and the shepherds. Now, this is the time. He's a lawyer, a private equity investor, regulator and policy advisor, a strategist and also a partner of Octus Africa. The fourth industrial revolution is now the cusp or the in thing yes. that's relating to massive new emerging technologies right. that are offering convergence points mm. around and disrupting non-traditional business models. Okay. So here you're off driving cars, exactly. self-flying taxis mm. and all. Silver Kayondo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Awesome. I was seeing something here on your Twitter bio, and guys, you can go and follow him, check him out. It's Silver Kayondo. And uh, I saw something which is 4IR lawyer. I didn't get that. Yeah, so 4IR is the fourth industrial revolution. Okay. Can you explain it to our audience, please? Yeah, so the fourth industrial revolution is now the cusp or the in thing that's relating to massive new emerging technologies that are offering convergence points Mm. around and disrupting non-traditional business models. So here you're seeing things like uberfication of services, Mm. new business models. Anything uh, that is getting to the digital uh, social media, you could say. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also much bigger than that. Mm. It's moving to the autonomous space. You're seeing self-driving cars, self-flying taxis. And all those uh, kind of, and that's the time. That's where you spend most of your time, uh, uh, making sure that uh, these companies are well patterned uh, in this industry. You could say, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've been incredibly enough that uh, uh, lucky mm. that uh, yeah, I've got into internal workings of other companies, so nice. servicing Uber, mm. Facebook. Um, drones okay. uh, that I'm really passionate about. Exactly, because I see you own you are one of the co-founders of a drone company. Absolutely, yeah. So and how has it been faring? How is the business in drones? Yeah, so it's interesting. You'd be amazed to learn that Uganda now has uh, is among the top five fastest growing drone ecosystems in Africa. So? Yes, so only that a lot of we have very successful use cases. Mm that remain largely informal and mm. undocumented. Mm. So they've started the, attracting the attention of security, regulators, government, private mm. sector, exactly. but also development partners. So in, entities like the Infectious Disease Institute mm. are coming into mm. the drone play, mm. trying to see delivery of medicines. And when you talk about drone silver, mm. I recently had an interest also to shoot, to have a drone actually. Yeah. I wanted to hire a drone. And a friend of mine told me, you know what? We have to first inform government, first of all, to use I was like, wait a minute, yeah. the drone is here. Why would I have to go to government and seek for permission? Is that police, right? Um, to shoot. Because I wanted to have like this cover video that cool shot like from the back on the rooftop. And I couldn't hire the drone until I had to pass through that process. We kind of bothered me. Now that yeah. you mentioned it was like, wait, okay, it's this, it's this far. Yeah, absolutely. You actually need a letter of no objection from the command of defense forces to bring a drone into Uganda. Yeah, so, yeah. But I mean, all those are operational issues Mm. that you have to manage um, on a daily Mm. scale. That is so good um, to understand. Um, Today, we're talking about Calibra. When I was on Twitter, um, I found out you're one of the people who are very interested in uh, Libra, the Mm. cryptocurrency, Mm. by Facebook. 
And um, your sentiments about it were very thought-provoking. And that's when I was like, you know what? Why not have Sylvia on board? Uh, But first of all, before we go into Libra, um, I understand it's a cryptocurrency. But this is something that few people actually understand. Can you explain to us what cryptocurrency means before we go to what they call Libra? Yeah. So we go back from the basics. Mm. Services and goods are migrating online. Mm. So you have a proliferation of e-commerce. Mm. So what that means is even the idea of value is changing. Mm. You cannot have a digital economy without a digital currency to fuel that economy. So I mean beyond the traditional patterns of say mobile money or visa or payment cards and that kind of stuff. So there is now an ongoing debate that why don't we create coins or tokens that are digital in nature that can also perform the role of the currency mm-hmm. that can yeah so they are looking at these systems crypto because they are powered by cryptography which is a, a layered security platform on which like that currency sits so that it's mm-hmm. almost akin to the blockchain of course every crypto is powered by some blockchain um, technology. To the layman, you want to say these yeah. are technologies? Uh, yeah, of course, it's a technology. It's a digital asset mm. uh, that um, can perform the role of exchange for value. Okay. Yes. And so that's where we have the currency. Now that's where we have the currency uh, that's finding its way. Mm. Now with Libra, mm. the interesting thing is it's not a conventional crypto as like most people think. Because conventional crypto, say like Bitcoin, or Ethereum or any of those is not powered largely by any security behind it. Yeah. That's why it's volatile. You wake up today and find Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. The high was the highs were in 2017 actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I actually I, I felt very I, I was in regret. Yeah. Um, a lady approached me some years ago. It must have been around 2010, mm-hmm. and she was uh, trying to invoke uh, me to join uh, to sign up into uh, Bitcoin. And when it shoot up around 2017, I think 2016, 17 around there. I was uh, very disappointed because I was like, snap, I would have been making a lot of money right now. And uh, that's what you're talking about being versatile? Is it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, volatile. Volatile. Volatility. Yeah. So now the Libra is being thought as a stable coin mm. to stabilize the yeah, market. That's why it's uh, really to, yeah, to st- stabilize the value. Mm. Um, that's why it's being backed by corporate sponsors. Mm. Some, unfortunately, who have exited. And that's the talk of town right yeah, now. Yeah, that's yeah. where we want us to get into. Yeah. It's a currency that is getting a lot of controversy worldwide. And as we speak right now, yes, Libra is owned by Facebook. And that's Mark Zuckerberg when he just mentioned the name Facebook. And he's meeting Congress just to um, uh, be scrutinizing its um, uh, Vi- viability. Exactly, its viability yeah. and how uh, they should trust it, economists should trust it, and banks, and how they can... Um, work together, also see whether it's a good currency to accept in the market. And that's the point of where we see USA and UK very interested, um, really making sure that the company, which is Calibra, uh, giving it measures and policies on when to trade or, or not to trade at all. Um, is Libra a safe currency? Do you think so? Now, I don't know because the idea of currency is still traditional because mm. it's governments 
through the central banks, who are the regulators of monetary policy, who define what a currency is. Mm. So the debate is actually that, do we recognize this as a currency? For instance, in many places around the world, including Uganda, mm. crypto is not yet identified or officially as a currency. Mm. Most people see it as a good, it's a digital asset, exactly. like property, so it's not. You could exchange it for value mm. and all that. But also Calibra really is a very small company in this. It's mm. Facebook's holding arm. Yes. There is many other partners mm. that are on board for this. So that discussion in Congress and in the UK will determine a lot on many other things. Mm. A, whether actually Libra can be recognized as a currency mm. and how. But also most what most people are forgetting is beyond the currency. There is a whole ecosystem behind it. Of course, you'll have digital exchanges. I mean, an example of that is Binance. Yeah. That's trying to do that. Yeah. Then you'll have all these like digital wallets, yeah. P2P payments and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So once you, um, once you recognize that uh, wider ecosystem, then pieces start falling into mm. place. But also on the wider scene and the point that Zuckerberg was making to the Congress is it seems like the US-China trade war will shape a lot of things. That are because one of the points that he made was that, look, as we are here negotiating and haggling over this, China. Yeah, China is rolling out yes. things. Actually, they are already having, they are already having their own cryptocurrency. Absolutely. Which are regulating by the central bank. Yeah. Is it 2020? That's when they expect to start trading it. Yeah, and then the UK um, central bank as well, the Bank of England, mm. is also in the process of enacting a central bank issued coin. And where does that leave Africa silver? Yeah. Now, unfortunately for us, is we've had some progress in some countries. Mm. For instance, I know like South Africa. Um, the time I was there, because I used, I had some small project at the central at the South African Reserve Bank. It was the largest, it was the first bank in Africa to roll out a blockchain powered cross-border payments. So South Africans in diaspora could send money back home. It wasn't crypto, but at least it was blockchain enabled. So it was quick, it was seamless, secure. What does that is it defines the idea of trust mm. beyond a whole new platform. Mm. Because now what blockchain does, it automates trust. So once trust is automated, then transactions can happen under the label. Now, unfortunately for us, the discussion around East Africa, the latest lead you could see is a bit of Kenya mm. that has taken quite a big um, leap which is historical in nature. I mean, they're the largest success story for M-Pesa and really mobile exactly. money payments. And we saw uh, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg actually visiting Nairobi. Absolutely. And I was so keenly interested of like, he must be working out something with mobile money. Yeah. I didn't see Libra coming because yeah. we didn't know by then that you'd be rolling out a cryptocurrency. Yeah. And you mentioning uh, mobile money takes me to a point whereby I was going through your tweets yeah. and you're looking at um, the weakness of Africa African pol policies and how it can be very advantageous of course. to cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. And you say that weak consumer protection laws that mm. enable a quick product testing. Yeah. So when I saw this, I was like, wait, so you could say that, safe to say, Libra can thrive in Uganda and mm. Kenya, especially the East African markets, because of our weak policies. Yeah. 
And would that worry what um, the data privacy protection for uh, the users of Facebook and um, any other platform that would be using it? You see, A, if I were advising Facebook or if it were left to me, I'd think East Africa would be the best testing ground for Libra. And that's one of the reasons. You see, the thing is, the financial system thrives on risk. And the principle of economics is simple. The higher the risk, the higher the reward. So mobile money succeeded out of that environment. Exactly. And with, now it's migrated from mobile money as a service to mobile money as a platform. Yeah. So we have all those utility payments coming up from there. You have all these government and e-government services and platforms onto that. But... It's still not yet even a perfect product. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What that, what that, and that risk as the users then? Because if at all we become the prototype, the prototype ground where you're testing your uh, service that is not even yet uh, legalized in the US where it's coming from. Because mm. um, at the point you also, have to, you also have to put in consideration that Facebook has been used uh, and uh, seen uh, as a company which manipulates people's data uh, with the follow of uh, Cambridge Analytica. Uh, why would we uh, accept such a thing uh, happening in our, our our regional grounds this time to be the people who are going to be affected by um, such a currency that is not uh, on in good terms with government? So I think one principal element is clear. Mm. When do you regulate? Mm. At what point do you trigger regulatory intervention? Because regulation must strike a balance facilitate innovation without curbing growth and innovation and thinking and that kind of stuff. Because if you approach innovation from the risk of, we won't even try it, we won't even do this, then the chances are that you'll stifle innovation. But now regulators are moving towards what's called principle-based regulation. So you regulate the principles, you put the parameters in place. If it's data protection, competition, privacy, and those kind of things. Mm. Now, what you do with that is now regulators are cr creating what they are calling sandboxes. So with the sandboxes, we will invite you, come show us what you're doing. You do it under a controlled environment with the regulator watching and you make periodic updates. So the regulator is free to ask the market how they feel about the product. or, But also, you could... We take these universal norms and really think they're universal. There are people to whom their privacy and what might be secondary. Yeah, because you mentioned uh, weak data protection laws favoring yes. the cheap data processing. Absolutely. Yes. So there are people to whom, so you could even make an open call and say, we are testing this product. Yeah, like it's if fine, you're interested, it's sign up. Yeah. yeah, it's my data. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't care what you do with it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, people, consumers have that individual autonomy. To mm. If your product is good, convenient, and they see value in it, mm. they'll consume it. Uh, you know, probably the largest driver of e-commerce on the web mm. is pornography. Yeah. Most people do not want to admit that. Mm. But are you really in control of your data once you sign up mm. to Pornhub or any of those big sites? So I mean, the, so those really things are not so much intuitive mm. about specific people, but also age group dynamics of this mm. matters because nowhere are you going to get the concentration 
of digitally exposed, energetic, and uh, very agile uh, people, uh, young population, yeah. like you will have in East Africa. I want to talk about its growth and how it affects the economy in terms of uh, benefiting uh, the economies here. And I'm quoting a, a lawyer, a law, so I think he's your friend, his lawyer, um, Robert Chirunda. Mm-hmm. He quotes in the East African and he says that Libra will make it very possible to transfer funds with ease that users transfer as they transfer photos from their gallery in the phone to another WhatsApp contact list. Mm. That's how simple it will be when you're exchanging money. Do you think Libra is the next um, bailout when it comes to uh, mobile uh, mobile money transactions? Will it phase away mobile money? Honestly, it's hard to it's hard to make that prediction mm. and see. Because I know Robert mm. very well and mm. he's a very good friend. But one of the lessons I've learned uh, from technology is it, it can amaze you. Like at product testing and that the results could be really different. Mm. And once you roll it out, mm. I mean, the person probably who invented the mobile phone couldn't figure out that my 90-year-old grandma in Fort Porto would be using this device mm. to transact money and that kind of stuff. And the fascinating thing is that I did not even have to teach her how to do it. Mm. All I had was to send funds there and the rest she figured out herself. Mm. So whether it distorts mobile money or not depends on many other variables. Mm. User acceptance, uh, consider um, adaptability to the market. What rolls out as, mob, as uh, mobile money or crypto now may not even necessarily be how it adapts to this market, if you get the point that I'm making. Yeah, yeah so really as to whether uh, crypto will replace mobile money, I don't think so. I think it will mostly be a complementary sort of uh, transaction model uh, for those who want. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. Just like mobile money did not replace fiat. Mm. Yeah, cash remains king, and uh, and we all know that. But just for the process of funds transfer and that kind of uh, mm. intermediation process, I mm. think Libra, rather crypto, mm. will be sort of complementary in nature. But two other points that I want to make uh, in the same breath. I think Robert is right when he says that crypto will give people the opportunity to transfer funds like you do with sending a picture. Mm. Um, of someone from your phone gallery to whoever. Because one of the most inefficient businesses now is funds remittance, especially from traditional money transfer agents. Recent research shows like transfer funds into Africa via MoneyGram or Western Union remains the most expensive compared with other like regions in the world. Mm. But also it takes days, you have all these very stringent KYC, know your customer requirements, bring your passport, your national ID, sign documents and that kind. So crypto will give that kind of um, background that within which people can transact easily. And the second, really, which is really powerful, where I would be looking at if I were um, a government advisor is that crypto will give you that. um, One of the biggest challenges we have now is digital identification. We are struggling like to put up this um, national ID database and that kind of stuff. Mm. But you could wake up sometime 
and the world has changed and your WhatsApp page is your ID. Mm. But also if you have a crypto wallet or that kind of thing, that could be your ID. It's secured end-to-end encryption mm. and that kind of stuff. All you need to flip uh, is a double authentication mm. feature. It could be your I- iris or your fingerprint or numbers and you put so with massive digital identification then things such as election technology and authentication Mm. payments access to government services even law enforcement just fall in line i mean like digital is taking over when it gets to identification and also uh, building uh building uh your portfolio as a person who i can trust Mm -hmm. uh i remember there's a time whereby there came a, layer, a post, I think it was one of those leading dailies that said that now companies are focusing actually on Facebook to give you a job. So before I get, uh, I hire a visa. Exactly. Yeah. Even your visa right now. <laughs> so um, when it gets to identification and what Facebook is doing, helping out companies uh, in understanding people, uh, their etiquette, uh, th- their qualities, so that you can uh, maybe give them jobs or something maybe give them permits to access their countries. Mm-hmm. It's very important. But that also takes me to the point, of, which is a bit personal here. But I want also to quote uh, this person. Um, this was a letter, and it was addressed, um, it was it was a, senate, a senator in the US addressing a company that uh, is partnering with Libra, uh, understanding what's going on right now with mm-hmm. Congress and Libra. He states that, I believe that there is a promise in cryptocurrencies and digital payments. But regardless of how one views such technologies, it is clear that United States is falling behind in this space. By 2022, digital wallets and some kind of products which consumers transact Libra will compromise less than 10% of USA consumer in person point of sale payments. And it goes on to say that uh, contrast with Africa, in which 2017 had 100 million active mobile users that were used by one in 10 Africans. That brings you to a point of like, it can thrive much more actually in Africa compared to the US. Yeah, but yeah, there are two things, mm. uh, about three things I want to say. Mm. The first is the initial discussion we had around like digital IDs and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There is power in that, in the sense that people may not easily see because it's informal. Africa has one of the highest uh, human movement patterns across borders would you would, you would you invest in crypto would you sign up into sorry would you sign up into libra i would um to me the value is very um uh, uh very uh, promising in the sense that you have issues like all these refugee uh grace they've lost like their ids they've left their mother country but also there are issues around authentication for them to receive their payments from aid agencies and that kind of stuff. That's a very uh, credible market. But another thing like crypto can give you is it solidifies your credit rating. Mm. So with crypto, you're able to trace someone's consumption patterns, Mm. like what they buy, how much they spend. But if they aggregate with other, I'm sure you know like Uber now has also gone into payments. Mm. So you have Uber in fintechs. So with like such, so you can trace someone's consumption patterns to determine their credit worthiness if you're a lender, for instance. So that kind of consumption profile is rich. But also the most really fundamental things here is Africa is battling with all these things around financial inclusion. 
US and Europe are a bit saturated markets because you'll find people own bank accounts because your credit is tied to your bank, to your so here you look. So the discussion in Africa around Libra is driven by very different imperatives, which are social in nature. So things like digital literacy, digital inclusion, especially around women and youth, but also digital financial inclusion. Whereas the US and the Europe, which are more advanced markets, will be looking at things like financial stability. They'll be looking at things like uh, consumer protection and data privacy and that kind of stuff. So that's why I really think that for us, the adaptability ingredients that you need, we have tested agency networks, mobile money agency networks can be synced together to use the same rails, for instance, as the mobile money rails. So, yeah. I want to go into fire remarks with, with Silva. It has been such a pleasure to have you. We really made uh, some strong points there. And I believe mm-hmm. the listeners out there, they can understand Libra as for now, as for today. And it's relevant to the African market. What are your final conclusions you want to say to what you on this show about uh, cryptocurrency and whatever you see forth in the industry? Yeah, I mean, Uganda can be a leader in this revolution, mm-hmm. or we can be a laggard. The choice is ours because almost all the ingredients you need are here. Talk even like of the drones we talk about as e-commerce. We have problems with last mile delivery because we don't have identified postal network systems and that kind of stuff. So you're either to work as a delivery system, you're going to be dropping things at church or at your post office so that the border guy picks them and takes them, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Europe and US does not have such challenges, mainly because your ID could be the door of your house. Mm-hmm. So things are sorted to that extent. So I think for such infant markets, even money alone you get in research and development. Mm-hmm. Money alone you get in partnerships and collaborations. Because, I mean, we've also seen it in the, me- the medics. Yeah. The medic, the Absolutely. Medic like a testing ground and invest a lot of money here to make their research but see how it's made us very efficient in things like ebola Mm. and malaria response Mm. overnight think people think uganda became a success story for ebola malaria and immunization overnight but it took that amount of very strategic planning and the right partners that you need to open up those global resources and pour them into this um, economy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure having you. I hope to see you again. I think the time Libra will be out. That will be 2020, right? Yep. And uh, I'll be excited to know that your wallet is doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, until next time. Cheers. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you next time on the Powerful Assistant Podcast as we get new strategies and techniques which will enable our businesses thrive and strive. See you then on the next episode. Join the conversation on social media using the hashtag PowerTalksPodcast. And also you can catch us on Facebook, PowerTalksPodcast. See you there. This podcast is produced by Powerful Assistant Network, a digital media company that provides the best solutions to website development, social media management, and mobile advertising.